What are the key matchup and storylines we need to be watching for this weekend's Giants-Dolphins game? I cover all that and more with Locked On Dolphins host Kyle Krabs on this special edition of Crossover Thursday. Locked On Giants, Locked On Dolphins, coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. It's time for Crossover Thursday. I am Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants. Today's Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. We have Dolphins hosting the Giants in week five. First quarter of the season is done. And Patricia, it's good to see you. We did this a few years back, but we don't get to do these crossovers too often. So how are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. Yeah. And um, I'm really interested to get your perspective on this Giants team because of how last season went and Brian Dable and momentum. You felt like there was momentum. And it really hasn't gone that way. So what we do on Crossover Thursdays is we usually start with the biggest story. And I'd love to hear your perspective. I'll try to be a good host as the home team here. What's the biggest story right now with the Giants in this one and three start? Figuring out why they're one and three. I mean, this is a team that was looking to build on some momentum from that they established last year. They caught a lot of people off guard. They surprised a lot of people. They finished 9-7-1, and one, made their first postseason appearance since 2016. They upgraded the skill maker position. They upgraded the linebacker position, the defense. They had the coordinators back. Everything was pretty much in, in, in place. You know, now they've had some injuries, granted, but they're one in three. And it's not just that they're one in three. It's how they've gotten to one in three. Yeah. They have been blown out. They have looked disorganized. They have looked like they have no clue what they're doing. And it's alarming. And, you know, you can only blame injuries up to a certain point. They've been missing left tackle Andrew Thomas, which is a huge loss on that offensive line, which, by the way, continues to be a problem. Saquon Barkley has been sidelined with um, a high ankle sprain. We don't know if he's going to be back this weekend for for the game against the Dolphins. But otherwise – Darren Waller's been a non-factor, you know, after seeing how how great he looked as, as you know, in, in the summer. You know, like I said, the offensive line, which was supposed to have been upgraded, no, it's still, you know, pretty much a mess. The defense, the tackling problem, um, some of the deployment, you know, the lack of a pass rush, no interceptions, no turnovers. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this team, but it lacks something. It's lacking bite, and and they better find it in a hurry because this season is slipping away from them very quickly. Yeah, and, and do not envy the two-game stretch of at Miami and at Buffalo, who are teams who can hang a lot of points on the board for the next two weeks for New York. And I guess that's my my question for you in the midst of no turnovers defensively, right? And and then the offensive injuries, you're probably missing your two best players the last few weeks with, with Saquon and, and Andrew Thomas. What do you think is like the biggest switch that could flip? And if you could pick an individual variable that would allow the Giants to kind of find that bite that you were talking about. They need people to start getting mad. 
It's that simple. I mean, you watch, you know, there's effort. I don't want to say there hasn't been effort by the players, but you know, there's effort and then there's effort, if you know what I mean. And these, these guys, you know, you watch them and sometimes you think they're sleepwalking. It's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I don't see anybody getting mad. You know, I go back, I've covered this team for, for over 30 years and I go back to 2011 when this team hit, hit some struggles. And I remember how Justin Tuck and Antra Roll stood up and they started challenging guys, team, you know, teammates to step up and put their money where their mouth is. Nobody's done that yet. Nobody has, you know, they've got 10 co-captains on that team and they all talk about, well, as leaders, you know, it falls on us. Okay, great. We know it falls on you. So how about you do something about it? You step up and you, you, you deliver the goods here. You, you go to guys and you say, Hey, so-and-so I need you to tackle better, or I need you to block better. Or Daniel Jones, I need you to stop with the stupid throws and stuff like that. Getting guys faces. And, and I just don't see that. You know, I don't know if it's if it's fair to say there's too many, quote unquote, nice guys in the locker room, but somebody better develop that dog attitude and before the season really gets away from them. And Miami will be looking to bounce back. They had a chance to make a big statement in week four and went out and traded blows for the first 20 minutes with Buffalo. And then the defense continued to struggle against top flight quarterbacks. You know, Justin Herbert in week one, they hung 30. 31 points on the board against Miami and then Buffalo drops 48 in week four. So I think that's probably the biggest storyline right now for Miami. When you, you look at New York and you know, they had 150 yards of offense against the giant or the, against the 49ers and then came out on Monday night football and had 248 yards of offense that versus a Miami group that has given up yardage defensively with Vic Fangio coming in and being the new defensive coordinator. And, uh, I think the loss of Deshaun Elliott, who did not play in week four, really impacted their ability on the back end to have communication. Vic runs a very complex scheme that requires a lot of calls, checks, communication. Brandon Jones uh, was the Dolphins starting safety last year, tore his ACL against, I believe, Minnesota. And then he made his return to the lineup in this game against Buffalo. There's a Simon bus. There's miscommunications. There's two guys running with one player and letting somebody run vertical down the field. So, is Deshaun Elliott back? Is Deshaun Elliott not back? If he's not back, how do you correct the errors that you saw take place throughout the course of that game against Buffalo? And I, I think that for Miami is the big story because they do have talent. They have Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, who just got a nice contract, and Bradley Chubb, who, who has played and been relatively quiet aside of the New England game in which they were going against backup tackles. And then you've got Xavier Howard and Javon Holland in the secondary. And we'll see if Jalen Phillips is back for this game. But talent should not be the issue. You acknowledge not playing with Jalen uh, Phillips. You acknowledge not playing with Jalen Ramsey. Those injuries, th their presence is felt when it's on the field. and It's felt when it's not on the field. But I think for Miami, coming into this football game against a Giants offense that has struggled to kind of find its footing, that to me is the big storyline for Miami as they look back to getting in the wing column and having some of the success that they had in the first three weeks. And, and if the defense is not able to do that, I think that kind of sets an ominous tone for what big picture aspirations this Dolphins team has. We are going to go to some matchups for this contest, and that is going to be up next here on this episode of Crossover Thursday with Locked on Giants and Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. 
Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins slash Locked on Giants on Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other peoples and pros and sharps and smart money. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks. Uh, is a really simple way to play. You can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds and with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Okay, Patricia, so from a personnel standpoint, Dolphins, Giants, uh, teams that feel like it might be trending in different directions, but it is, kind of, as you said, that kind of pivotal point in the season where if you're going to figure it out, kind of has to start happening now. What's a matchup in your mind that will go a long way in determining New York's success against Miami? Well, I'm going to keep it basic here. I'm going to say in the trenches, the Giants' offensive line is banged up. John Michael Schmitz, their starting center, has a shoulder injury. Now, as we record this, I don't know what his status is. I have a feeling he's going to be limited if he practices at all this week. Um, Andrew Thomas, as I mentioned, he's been dealing with that hamstring injury. I don't think he's going to be back for this game. I'd be surprised if he is because that's a pretty you know, significant injury he's dealing with. Um, ben Bredesen got dinged a little bit. Ben Bredesen is the uh, backup center. He's also the starting left guard, so he had a shift to center. We'll see if he's able to go and what he's able to do. But they are really thin on that offensive line, and that offensive line, you know, when they were healthy, had problems. So now they've got, you know, backups in there. They did, you know, add Justin Pugh to their practice squad. I don't know how ready he is coming off that ACL injury last year to step in and play, but that offensive line, if they can't block, if they can't run block, and they had problems doing both last week against the, the Seahawks, it's going to be another long afternoon because, you know, I've said this so many times. If you could have, you know, an all-star backfield, a quarterback, at running back, all-star receivers, if your offensive line can't get the job done, you don't have a chance. And that, to me, is the position group you know, I don't know who the Dolphins are necessarily fielding in their defensive front, but that offensive line by the Giants, they concern me. And I just hope they can hold up. Well, you're, you're talking the language that a lot of Dolphins fans recognize because the Dolphins offensive line for a long time has been maligned here in South Florida. So you you are definitely talking their language about getting that offensive line right. Before I go with my first matchup, I wanted to ask you about a couple of young guys between uh, Marcus McKeithen and then Josh Izudu, who were both, I think, a day two and a day three draft pick in 2022. How has their development taken place? What's the performance like there? Because there's, uh, of course, some upside with those players as recent draft selections from this regime as a part of that. They had a massive draft class in 2022 when Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable first came in. Yeah, I mean, this this is the weird thing about it, Kyle. I mean, those two are still cutting their teeth. I mean, you go back to training camp and how the Giants were preparing this offensive line. Marcus McCaithen was on PUP, 
You know, he lost his entire rookie season due to an ACL injury. He was on pup for a good half of, of, of training camp. Then he comes back and they're ramping him up and they're giving him work at guard and tackle, mostly, you know, at, at guard. And now all of a sudden he's the starting right guard. And, he, you know, he hasn't been horrible, but you could tell he's still feeling his way around. Now, Joshua Zudu, this is an interesting one. He was basically penciled in to be the starting left guard. Everybody thought that the job was his to lose, but he just couldn't beat out Ben Bredesen for the position. So, you know, he works all summer long at guard. And now, you know, 10 days before the season starts, they say, oh, you played tackle in college. We're going to try you at tackle and see how you do. And then sure enough, what happens? Andrew Thomas goes down with the ankle injury. And it's like, they, instead of going to Matt Parrott, who played tackle in college and who has played it in the pros, they go to Josh Azudu to play left tackle, which is, as you know, for a right-handed quarterback, is the most important position uh, on the offensive line. So, you know, azudu has been good to the point where, you know, if they have to determine who gets the help blocking, they actually give it to Evan Neal on the right side and they leave Azudu to, to man for himself. And he's held up well, but again, like Marcus McKeithen, he's cutting his teeth and still, you know, developing the finer points of playing that position. So to, to give you the Miami perspective of the trenches, when New York has the ball, uh, Christian Wilkins spent a lot of training camp in the preseason holding in. He came in uh, for training camp and wrecked the first three days of practice and then effectively sat out every live 11 on 11 period with the team or another team or the preseason all the way up through the start of the season. And uh, this is a player that was looking for a big time contract and they couldn't quite agree on the final terms, but Christian played college ball with Dexter Lawrence, who's one of these defensive tackles that got these big-time contracts, and that's the stratosphere that he wanted. Well, Dexter had seven-and-a-half sacks last year, and Christian hasn't had more than three-and-a-half, four sacks in any of his first four seasons. So he's playing this year on the fifth-year option, and um, his performance has left you wanting for where his stratosphere of play has been, but the talent's not really the question. It's where is the passing-down productivity, what is the barrier with the, the new Vic Fangio defense and getting your rhythm there? And you you look at Christian Wilkins, and this has to be a big performance for him because big picture from the stat sheet perspective, we're through the first four games, Christian's on pace for four sacks again this season. And if that's the case, and he balked at these big money contracts that Miami put on the table, he might end up losing himself money. So you know, he's especially motivated but he has been underperforming versus expectations thus far this season. Uh, the player that they acquired at the trade deadline last year, Bradley Chubb, he got a big, a big contract with the team when they traded for Bradley Chubb and sent a first-round pick to Denver last year. And he dealt with a high ankle sprain last year. Dolphins fans have been really eager to see him live up to the investment that the team has made. And that's another one that uh, the, just the splash production has not quite been there. I think he does a lot of unseen value, but at the same time, when you're getting 20 plus million dollars to play as a pass rusher, the expectation is you're going to rack up the sacks and you're going to get after the quarterback. So those are two names for me thinking about uh, is you do at left tackle and whoever ends up being a part of this mix on the interior for New York, based on who's available to play between Bredesen and, and uh, McKeithen and John Michael Schmitz and Shane Lemieux, like however that ends up shaking out with those names. And if they bring Justin Pugh up off the practice squad, those are the two names for Miami that I'm really looking at because they're players that either want the big investment or have already got the big investment, yet they're, they're kind of leaving you wanting 
a little bit more. When Miami has the ball, I'm really fascinated to see this secondary try to match Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle when you have a lot of youth in the back end. Now, Adoree Jackson's been a good player for, for quite a while here in the NFL level, and I really like Xavier McKinney coming out uh, of Alabama when he came through in the draft, but Deontay Banks, that was the hallmark investment in the draft for New York. And, you know, he big height, weight, speed, super long, runs really well. I can't wait to see how Wink Martindale tries to implement Deontay Banks to try to play coverage against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and what that will look like against uh, this Dolphins passing offense, who even in the midst of struggling at times last week and in week four, the, the Dolphins passing from a passing offense perspective, Tua Tagovailoa still surpassed 280 yards against Buffalo's tough secondary. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And you know, you mentioned that the uh the receiver battle versus the Giants defensive secondary, you know, the Giants that that's a position we're not or a unit I should say, we're not really talking about a whole lot, but last week the Giants kind of ended the Trey Hawkins experiment if they will. Trey Hawkins, their six-round draft pick, he looked so good in the summer and there was, you know, buzz that oh they found their new starting cornerbacks, you know, Trey Hawkins on one side, um, Deontay Banks on the other side, Adoree Jackson bring him down in the slot. Well, that hasn't worked out quite as they maybe expected it would. So now they're back to, um, I don't think Hawkins played at all, despite being, you know, getting a, a game day uniform. I don't think he played at all against the Seahawks. So now you have um, Adoree Jackson back as, as a perimeter cornerback, Deontay Banks, and in the slot, it's interesting. They're still trying to figure out what they want to do in the slot. They have Darnay Holmes, who has been their incumbent the last, you know, since he was drafted. I want to say the last three, four years. But they also tried Cordell Flott in the slot. And Cordell Flott really isn't a slot cornerback. I mean, he's done it. He did it at LSU. But that's really not his best position. So that slot cornerback position, for me, on the Giants defense, that's a concern given the receiving weapons that the Dolphins have. Well, we'll talk keys to victory next here on this crossover Thursday, so stick with us. But it is the start of the second quarter of the 2023 NFL season, and now is the perfect time for you to snap into action for this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet with FanDuel, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's crossover Thursday is also brought to you by BetterHelp. If you ever feel like your brain is getting in the way, like you feel like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it with consistency, therapy helps you figure out what is holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. 
So keys to victory, Patricia. We have uh, the Dolphins hosting the Giants. The New York Giants will win this football game if what happens. And I'm, I'm going to beat you with the dad joke. I know you and I talked in the pre-show about me being a new dad with, to a, a son. Uh, scoring more points than the Giants or scoring more points than the Dolphins is technically an acceptable answer, but I'm reserving the right to use it as the one who has got the dad jokes on the back pocket right now. Well, I got a better joke for you. The Giants will win this game if they can trade for the Eagles offensive line. <laughs> Any better offensive line than what they have. Seriously. No, I I mean, that unit, I don't, I know the effort is there. I don't want to disparage the effort, but it's just not working. And I don't know why it's frustrating. You know, you look at the the, the lineup that they have there and, I, I don't know if it's fixable. You know, everybody says, oh, can we trade for, for offensive linemen? Can we sign Lael Collins? I don't think the Calvary is going to come in and save that unit. So basically it starts up front with that offensive line because Daniel Jones, who we haven't really talked about in the show, he's been skittish. He's been, you know, re- regressing back to what he was a couple of years ago when, when we all sat there and, and wondered if he had a future as the quarterback of this team. he's not getting the opportunity to look down the field. I mean, I'm concerned about that offensive line. Now, defensively, I, as I mentioned before, I'm concerned about the secondary against those receivers. I think Tua's is red hot. Those receivers scare me. You know, there's a lot of inexperience and look, I get it. You got to go through some growing pains with, with young players and you got to let them play and get the experience. But, you know, as your season is starting to slip away, that you probably have less room for errors if you want to, you know, be in the mix come, you know, after Halloween. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, for what Daniel Jones's experience has been this season with 22 sacks, obviously 11 against Seattle last week. Um, I would try to test the Dolphins ability to tackle the, the Buffalo bills had some success. Stefan Diggs had a big catch and run where he shook two guys off of, of him after the, the catch for a big run. Uh, Latavius Murray had a big catch out of the backfield where he got up the sideline for a bigger chunk gain than it should have been because the Dolphins couldn't tackle him on the sideline. So if I'm New York, whether that's the receivers, the tight ends, Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley's back, it's Matt Breida, try to get the ball quickly into space and try to mitigate the offensive line as much as you possibly can. Now, that whole conversation about Daniel Jones being paid what Daniel Jones is being paid for that to be the game plan. It's obviously disappointing, but as you said, you, you almost just have to weather the storm until some of these young guys are able to stabilize themselves. So I think for Miami tackling in the open field is going to be a really critical component. And then I would look at uh, the, de- the giants defensive interior with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence is Connor Williams back this week. Connor Williams did not play at center for the Dolphins last week against the Bills, and Daquan Jones took Liam Eikenberg for a trip. And it really interrupted some of the timing of this Dolphins offense and prompted some unforced errors that they had had a lot of success avoiding after making it a huge point of emphasis throughout the course of the offseason. So I'm looking at Connor Williams being up to the task, being healthy, playing, and then I'm looking at the Dolphins' ability to tackle in the event that the Giants kind of say, hey, we're not going to try to be something we're not right now. So let's get our playmakers the ball in space and see what they're able to do with it. That is going to do it for us here. Patricia, do you have a score prediction for the game? Oh, 
I am so bad at uh, actually the last couple of weeks I've come close on guessing the opponent's score, but I've been way okay. off on the Giants. How many points does Miami score on Sunday? Then? <laughs> I mean, look, I, Miami's got an explosive offense, yes. and that offense scares me. Mike McDaniel has worked wonders with that with that group, especially with Tua. So I, I'm I'm thinking Miami's going to put at least thirty on the board. I mean, this this Giants defense, you know, they played the best out of the three units last week against Seattle, which isn't saying a whole lot because the offense and special teams were just awful. But I'm going to say Miami 33 and the Giants, I'm going to say, I'm going to be generous here. I'm going to say 13. And I think that's being generous because this team is averaging about, I want to say 14 points or so a game, which is not very good, but I don't see that changing like I said, too many concerns with that offensive line. If they don't have Saquon back, that changes the whole complexion because Saquon gives the defense another guy to worry about. And right now, I don't think Daniel Jones is really scaring anybody, even with his legs. So I'm not expecting um, you know, a Giants win this week. And I, I hate to say it, but I think it could potentially be another blowout for them. And I, the number that I had written down was 30 to 14. Uh, I do think Miami giving up enough explosive plays. I think the Giants will find themselves in position to score. Special teams has not been great for Miami. So that might be an area where they can steal a possession as as well. So uh, we're both in the same ballpark uh, as far as this game. And we will see how it all plays out. If you're a Giants fan and tuned in, we appreciate you guys for doing so. Make sure you check out Locked on Giants. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. If you're a Dolphins fan, Locked on Dolphins has you covered. And check out the entire Locked on Network because we have an outstanding network of very talented hosts who bring you a lot of great content to cover this league uh, from team to team because it is your team every day. That is going to do it for this crossover Thursday. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show and enjoy the game on Sunday.